With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Hope that you all had a uh, pleasant weekend and whatnot. I know it's been a while, but I've uh, just been uh, bumping around and whatnot. But at any rate, uh, this is Doug Burks. Welcome to the Clown Hour. And uh, you can uh, find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me um, on Facebook as well. Just do a search for the Clown Times. Again, that's Clown Spell with K. You can find me there as well. I uh, just wanted to just get right into this. Um, I know we have the NBA playoffs going on right now with uh, Goring Gate right now with uh, <laughs> your boy Draymond Green just starting apart as usual. But I want to take a different turn to the NFL. And I don't know if you guys heard of this site called the Undefeated on ESPN.com, but it's billed as the Black Grantland. And they have a feature on there uh, written by, um, let me get his name for you, uh, Jason Reed. Uh, regarding, it's called the um, the puzzle employment of RG3 chronicling Robert Griffiths the third fall from grace in Washington. And who else should I um, um, discuss all things Washington Redskins uh, football with? My man, y'all know him from HBCU Sports The Yard. I said it backwards. The Yard that's HBCU Sports as well as Sleazy Radio. Give it up for my man Dwayne Nash. What's up, y'all? How you doing? Hey, Scott, what's going on, man? And, and you're right. If I, I would feel highly offended if you would have anyone else on talking Redskins other than me, but I'd understand. <laughs> you know, my brother-in-law would give you a run for your money, but I think you guys share the same pain, so you can't go wrong out of the way, brother. Hey, it's good to talk to you again, and uh, let's just get to it, man. Yo, I don't know if you, I mean, I, I touched you earlier, like today, regarding this article. It's a great read. And yeah. uh, I think Jason Reed nailed it. I, first of all, props to the undefeated. I love the site. I know they feel it's a quote-unquote black grant land, but I think it stands on, on its own. Um, great piece, great site. Props to ESPN for sticking with it. But uh, we'll get to that. that we'll, we'll actually get, get back to that in a moment. But, this is such an RG3 for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, he was the, he went from the, the it factor, the X factor, what's the new face of the NFL, to being down and out and resurfacing in Cleveland, hoping to resurrect his career. I mean, how did all this happen? I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll get to the article first, but how did, in your eyes, how did all, how could one fall from, from grace? So quickly, like this. Wow, he went basically from goat to goat. Um, what's the yeah, best way right. to explain this? Um, wow, it was. And let me think. That Jason actually talks about it a little bit um, in the article. And you're right, uh, Jason does a great job doing this. I mean, he 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 was basically here when it happened. He, he wrote for the Post, 
And um, before he went on to write for ESPN, he was actually working on uh, Daniel Snyder's uh, radio network um, until his show was snatched away from him unceremoniously. That's something you need to take a look at yourself. That entire thing is crazy. But you take a situation with a player like RG3, great phenom, Heisman Trophy winner, comes in, has a phenomenal year, the the best rookie uh, season at the quarterback spot ever, only to be exposed, in my personal opinion, and, and I completely uh, uh, agree with a lot of other people who believe that this is a a, 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 a situation that has been um, created by, by three different sides, from the quarterback to the head coach at the time, Mike Shanahan, and unfortunately the owner, Daniel Snyder. Right, right. And, and, and uh, the thing is, is that this, this, this goes, again, if you I – mean, uh, I mean, we all know as sports fans. I mean, you and I both know as sports fans how it all went down. But I mean, for 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 I mean, it bears repeating. When Dan, when Danny Boy Snyder, as I call him, Danny Boy Snyder forced the RG three trade upon then coach Mike Shanahan, you knew it was destined to fail. And even though it was destined to fail, I mean, the Shanahan's did try and make it work, and it did for that over, for that first season. But the moral of that story is, and we'll go back to this in a minute, is that you know, ownership. Just pay the checks, get held away at the football people. Let them make the decisions. I've seen this time and time again. We all seen this time and time again in professional sports. The owner just cannot can't stay in this lane, and nothing but crap happens. We seen it in Tennessee with uh, Vince Young and Jeff Fisher. We we seen oh, it all yes. over the place. So, but even that, even despite all of that, the Shanahan still, you know. Mike and his son, Kyle, of course, made it work the first season. Yeah. And then it just went straight to hell from there. I mean, it, I mean, I know some people like to say a tribute to race a little bit. I just think RG3 just made his own bed. I mean, granted, I mean, you can't not factor out race in anything. That's just being too naive. But just from where I sit, and you're a hell of a lot closer than I am, it seems to me, just from Jason Reed's article and just putting two and two together and watching this unfold like, over the past three or four years, RG3 did a lot of this crap to himself. I'm, I'm sorry. He just, he just did. And he just ruined a good thing by trying to be a pocket passer when he came and read the, read the defense worth a damn. And, you okay. know, it, it, just, it just went straight to hell. Just RG3, just, you know, RG me, as Skip Bayless called him. And and I completely agree with you. Well, the thing is this. Um, I, I, I blame all three sides. The thing is, uh, for a while, there were a lot of people who didn't believe that, that Griffin had any responsibility in this situation in, in terms of his downfall. But for the fans in D.C. that paid attention and, and, and cared more yeah. about the team itself and team success instead of the success of the individual in Griffin, um, they saw that. Now, the article talks a lot about this. Now, before uh, you sent me the link uh, this morning, they've been talking about this article all last week here in D.C. Area Sports Talk Radio uh, because they felt as though that the article itself was beating a dead horse. This is a story that the majority of of, of sports fans that are in the know knew about uh, in terms of Griffin wanting to call his own plays, Griffin being extremely buddy-buddy with the owner, the owner having a system 
where he's been buddy-buddy with, with star players, i.e. Clinton Portis, LeVar Arrington, until it all falls apart. And, and it's nothing new in those two circles in terms of uh, uh, Danny having his boy that he wants to roll with and want to be buddy-buddy. This is the same – this is the owner – who had Griffin's phone number and would invite Griffin over to his house. I mean, I understand that yeah. the owners want to do this with their key players, but it seemed like more uh, uh, Snyder wanted to hang out with Griffin. And, and, and like it was cool instead of him being owner-player. But right. like I said, it, it just seemed like a lot of people didn't believe that Griffin had any uh, – uh, 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 part in this, this, this downfall of, in, in, of his greatness. Now, one of the things that the article talks about, and a lot of people kind of don't want to talk about, uh, of course, is the racial aspect. And that's the one thing that I pulled out of this story than anything else. Like I was uh, in the middle of saying, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that I kind of diverted off the subject briefly, but a lot of people originally thought that it, the story was about the Griffin-Shanahan Snyder saga, which is basically, yes, beating a dead horse. But basically what sure. the, the story to me was about how Griffin went out of his way to shun other African-American quarterbacks and how that yeah. was a, a part of his downfall as well. How quarterbacks yeah. like Warren Moon, uh, 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 other and black Doug quarterbacks, Williams. actually Doug Williams who's in-house with him. He wouldn't go yeah. talk to Doug. Yeah. You know, he, right. he he went out of his way to not want to be considered to be a black quarterback. And I understand what he was attempting to do because you've had other black mm-hmm. quarterbacks in the past 15 years attempt to do the same thing where they didn't want to be pigeonheld into this stereotype of black quarterback. They wanted to just be seen as quarterback. But at the same time, right. you have to respect the path that has been given to you in order for you to completely understand how to get out of that mold. And that was something he did not want to do. And especially yeah. in a town like D.C., where there are a lot of things yeah. that, that surround the, the quarterback position as a whole in a way that it's looked at by his fan base. You have to understand, right. this is a, 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 an organization in 80-plus in, in years that has really only had one quarterback that it has drafted and has played for 10 years in said organization and been a star. No one else has done that other than Sammy Ball. And when Robert Griffin came in, wow. being a black quarterback in a, a city that that is historically known as being a black city, Chocolate City, looking for another black nickname. hero, especially especially with the nickname of Chocolate City, you you have yes. a, a, a fan base, a, 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 a heavily black fan base, looking for a black hero, especially after the Doug Williams saga and the way that Doug Williams was unceremoniously drubbed out of the city. And then you had other black quarterbacks trying to come in and replace Doug, like Tony Banks, how that didn't work. Jason Campbell, how that didn't work. Donovan McNabb, they tried that, that didn't work. So when you saw what was going on with Griffin, especially his rookie year, and how dynamic that looked, it looked like, oh, my God, we finally have this quarterback that's going to be here for the long run. It's a black quarterback. He's doing what we, we would hope a black quarterback would do in this town. And matter of fact, he was starting to become the face of the league as a rookie. That's right. That's All right. of that went shot. Exactly. All of that went, uh, became null and void 
when he uh, ran into Haloli Mata in that game against Baltimore and blew up his knee. Right. And he was, was never there. the same. <laughs> he was never the same since. Well, that along with the combination of him coming in and saying that he wanted to change the playbook, it just it just made everything null and void and, and, and exposed him. Because everything else after that, if you watched him trying to play uh, quarterback in the pocket, it looks horrible. And none of the Griffin yeah. apologists wanted to listen to it and believe it. It was the worst thing possible. And everyone kept reverting back to what he did in 2012. That 2012 Griffin will potentially never see again unless he wants to run plays like that. And that's something that Hugh Jackson is going to have to deal with. Well, you know what's interesting, brother? Um, I mean, again, I just think he did this crap to himself. Uh, it's like, in addition to, you know, you mentioned Warren Moon and uh, uh-huh. Doug Williams, the great Doug Williams, like, like Randall Cunningham, Don McNair tried to reach out to him. Successful quarterbacks, black quarterbacks in the yes. league, tried to reach out to this kid. And I call him uh-huh. this kid because he's a lot younger than me and you. But he he just would he rebuffed him. I mean, that's his total arrogance. I mean, you look at the flip side, like the like Jason Reed, like willing to mention that, um, uh, what's his name, Cam Newton and uh, Russell Wilson, more than re- not only they did they reach out to those aforementioned uh, legendary black quarterbacks. Some of them are they are on their speed dial, like um, Warren Moon is the advisor to Cam Newton. Warren Moon mm-hmm. talks with uh, Wilson like frequently and yeah. throughout the week, and they reach out to other black quarterbacks. I mean, it's no coincidence that you see those two young brothers, Newton and uh, uh, Wilson, do so well. I mean, in yeah. addition to them working hard at that craft, but they have obviously getting the usual sound advice from players uh-huh. who've done it. One of which is a Hall of Famer in Warren Moon. It's just, it's just, wow! It's just, it's just something else. How Griffith, how Eric and Griffith was. I don't know if you caught the part that, and I'm sure you did, but the caught, you caught the part where he came back in at this rookie season. Him and his dad, Seth Shannon's uh-huh. dad, wrote the file on the like on the blackboard. Yes. Change things, change their protections, unacceptable, bottom line. And what was yes. interesting about that conversation was that that sounded like a lot of things that Dan Snyder would say. And so mm-hmm. it's, almost, it's almost as if the chance for listening to Dan Snyder saying the same things because, I mean, a, a second-year quarterback wouldn't say that unless he had the owners and perhaps the GM's ear. And that's just, it's just something else. So I just, I just want to put something right quick for you. Uh, okay. It seems that with all this, um, with, with, with like, like, like with all this adoration that's going around, and I'm hoping this works because this computer's been kind of crappy this evening. But mm-hmm. you know, I guess that's not a really adored uh, the heck out of uh, out of out of uh, um, RG3, and I guess it's not working because I don't hear the audio. But I guess it's not meant to be. I was trying to play Prince Adore. <laughs> Okay. Play, but of course, they come on, maybe because they didn't like that too. Maybe Prince didn't like that either. So we're moving along, <laughs> moving right along. Um, but how do you think? How do you think RG three? How the story is going to play out with RG three and Cleveland? Is it going to be a happy ending? Is it going to be more of the same? How do you how do you think it's going to happen for? You know, it, it's starting out, in my personal opinion, to be more of the same. 
Um, I can't remember mm. exactly what was said in the recent um, uh, press conference, but but what I could remember, just basically in just, is, is that he wasn't looking for personal culpability, and it, he wanted to make it all about himself again. It, it seemed like it was a situation where, once again, and this is the same thing he said when he was coming back in terms of he was looking to extend plays to score as much as possible. And then he said basically yeah. the exact same thing. Dude, you're not going to score on every drive. I don't care how great of a quarterback you are. Every time you touch the ball, right. it's not going to be a drive that's going to end in a touchdown. Or it's not going to be a drive that ends right. in points. So the best thing is to put your team in the best situation possible. And that's something that I don't know if he's, he's going to have to learn it and learn it quickly. He has between now and, and, and September to do so. And, I mean, he is going to have to sit him down and force him to learn that, dude, regardless of the socks that you wore during draft day, you are not Superman. You are not kal well, You are not Clark Kent. Sit yourself down. There is no way in the world that you're going to be able to, to put yourself in that type of situation and, 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 and do that with the team. So, especially with the team, the thing is this. Everyone's – well, I'm not going to say everyone, but there are a lot of people who are believing that with Bob, because, you know, I love to call him Bob, but Bob and right. you coming in together as a team is going to turn Cleveland around. Please let us not forget that this defense is one of the worst in the league. It is one of the – it is in the bottom eighth of the league. You have a defense that was 22nd overall against the pass and 29th overall against the run. It is not just the offense, which is an issue, which was a huge issue in itself as well. And God knows what are they going to do with that running back situation. I kind of like Duke Johnson. Of course I like Isaiah Crowell because he went to Alabama State. But they don't have the same running situation with Cal, ironically enough, with Cal Shanahan no longer there because Crowell Sean, while, while Shanahan was there, I want to see if they're going to be able to revive that run game. And they drafted, what, like 85, 86 wide receivers to potentially see what happens between him and Griffin. But we'll have to wait and see if that actually works out too. So you have the offensive side of the ball that needs to be revived, the defensive side that needs to be revived, and an extremely tough conference. Well, not just a tough conference, but an extremely tough division. Let's see how quickly he's going to be capable of turning around, especially we don't even know necessarily if he's going to start because from what I'm hearing, there's still a situation with him and um, it's McCown, right, that's still there. Yeah, McCown's still there, but they drafted Kessler in the second round, I think, the second or third round. And I think it's the third round. Players, he's looking pretty damn good. Yeah, third round. And they say he's exactly. looking pretty damn good. So... so uh, <laughs> And, and, and that's the thing, too, because you have a, a McCown who played well last year in, in, in spots, yeah. and then you have a, a third-round a third round draft pick that's looking good. Oh, my God, it's looking like 2012 all over again. He's going to have to shine. And then you have a situation where he's going to be willing to be consistent in that office with Hugh Jackson in order for them to turn this thing around. That's the only way it's going to work. But the one thing we already know he does not like he does not like pressure coming from the bench, and it's already there. It's already there. Yeah. Especially in the situation well, with the old line that's porous. The, they, they've already lost their Pro Bowl center 
they've 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 lost their 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 another lineman as well. Joe Thomas was thinking about leaving. Let's see what that old line does. Right. Right. And the thing is, uh, I look at it like this. This is what Stephen A. Smith, I'm I know I all over the place, but this is what Stephen A. Smith tried to tell Skip Bayless when, mm-hmm. when Skip was trying to say that, well, we're trying to, trying to still so bad for uh, for, like, for Griffin or Bob Griffin, that's what you and London Fletcher both call him. Uh, you know, <laughs> that it's if he doesn't have to earn a job. He, the thing is, if, 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 Robert, if, if, if Robert Griffin III cannot beat out a third-round draft pick, albeit a good-looking third-round draft pick, and mm-hmm. Josh McCown, he has no damn business in the NFL. Period. No. He was the second no. overall pick of all that talent. I mean, it's too bad that he got too big for his britches and didn't just stick with what he knew. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, if he can't beat those two cats out, he has no business in the NFL. He has no, no. nothing to have no business starting for any team. So this no. is on him. This is all on Robert Griffin. If he can get himself yeah. together or not, this is probably a shove time for this kid. And I, I completely agree with you. I also say that he came back entirely too early. This is a team that was mm-hmm. not expected to win a division. He came back. Yeah, they won the division the last game of the year that year. I lost my mind when they did it. Yes, I, I'll admit it when they went 10 and 6. But for him to do that and to do that type of damage, to, to re-hurt himself, was, was a situation yeah. where I felt as though it was, was, was a huge sacrifice, not only to himself but to the team as well. And, and I would have liked to, to have him just continue to sit out uh, uh, and come back the following year in 2013 and get ready. But, no, he wanted to come. He wanted to uh, – uh, Prove everyone wrong and, and come back early and be the, the hero. Yeah, we didn't need that hero. You, it's not like you were taking the team to the Super Bowl. You were taking them to a a a a, a wild card loss at best. Right. And you know, it, it it was entirely too much for for me to see him do that, and and sad to see him in the situation. But don't get it twisted. I was one of the many that was wrapped up in 2012 fandom, but when 2014 so came around. I was thinking, you know, this is the same dude, and he's not looking right. I had to have another fan, uh, 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 not literally, but verbally slap me in the face during a preseason game and say, dude, look at this. This doesn't look right. He's not looking good against second and third stringers. Something's wrong with this guy. He may not be right ever. And and sure enough, it, 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 pocket presence, horrible. Him uh, taking three, five, seven uh, foot drops, horrible. And I got a strange feeling Hugh Jackson may ask the same of him, but if he doesn't, and 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 if God, I, I that's the thing. What what will Griffin be willing to do? And that's what's going to prove whether or not he's going to be successful again. What is he going to be willing to do in order to make himself better, the team better? Yeah. I'm guessing he's trying to go and try to revert back to his old habits, you know, of not keeping the ball close when he's passing, like now reading the defense, like taking off and running and not sliding. How did he not know how to slide? You how know did what? He not know, learn how to slide. I mean, what? He played. I just that I did that part of me too. It's still it's still the same to me. He played baseball growing up, didn't know how to slide. Uh, practice with Nationals, uh, uh, players from the Washington Nationals. 
still couldn't figure out the sliding games, just couldn't I figure it out. Yeah. It's, it's that superhero mentality of I can get these extra yards when dude, save yourself, save the team, get out of bounds. Just wouldn't do it. And, oh, and I mean, that's, what, yeah. that's why uh, 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 Kaepernick preserved himself. That's why uh, what's it, uh, Russell Wilson can preserve himself. Russell Wilson. They, yeah. Yeah, they, they don't they preserve themselves. They don't do anything to to, to put themselves in, in harm's way by making plays that are completely unnecessary, by trying to do the extra. Just do enough, get the first down, you have to see another play. Well, I bet somewhere if he's sitting alone in his room doing training camp, what have you Seeing what could all unfold once again and probably be on his way out of the NFL after this season. I bet in this private moment he sits and just thinks to himself, damn, why didn't I just do what the Shanahan's had me do in my rookie year? Why didn't I just take the advice and not rush back from injury? Why, why, why would I allow myself to become a megalomaniac and, just, and, and not take care of myself? Not work hard and just stay in my lane. Why? Why didn't I do those things? Hindsight's all twenty-twenty. Yeah. Oh, it is most definitely, most definitely. I mean, it's a learning experience for this kid. But I mean, you just have to wonder. And I bet he's wondering himself right now. What if? Whatever this mm-hmm. kept me and my daddy just kept my mouth shut, our mouth shut, and just <laughs> went along the program and gotten better as years progressed, so I so that he could get his pocket presence up. That he could learn how to read a defense, so that he could mm-hmm. preserve himself and work himself back from injury the correct way, instead of his own way trying to build a brand and everything else. Exactly. I mean, that's, he just he just did it to himself. So and Scott, he, that's the other thing too. Up. That's yep. the other thing too. The excuse and they, they, Jay Reed talks about it in the article. The excuse of the O line not being good enough to protect him while in the pocket. Now, I was one that fell for that, too, when it's the same old line almost protecting uh, 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 Kirk Cousins and also, um, God, what's the other guy? Uh, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, yeah. Completely different in terms of protecting them and protecting Bob. They gave up sacks, but not as many. And there were situations yeah. where those sacks were totally on Bob. And not the old line. You, I understand that you know you, you had situations with regimes past that wasted away draft picks, and they didn't have enough picks to get quality guys on the old line. We understand this, but it ain't all on them, dude. It's on yourself sometimes right. too. If the old line don't know yeah. who you are, how can they protect you? Right, right. And so he has to learn that in Cleveland. And if he can't make it under. The quarterback whisperer himself and uh, Hugh Jackson, he's toast. He's just done. He's, he's done this league. Um, at any rate, I'm going to get you out on this last question, man. Speaking of Kirk Cousins and your beloved uh-huh. Redskins, how do you think he'll do this year, knowing that he's on, a, I guess, a one-year contract and uh, he's pretty much betting, betting on himself this season? How, like, uh, how do you think Mr. You Like That is going to finish this year? <laughs> You know, um, uh, uh, Scott McLuhan has done all he can to put yeah. weapons around this boy for this upcoming season. You have P. 
Pierre Garçon. You have Deshaun Jackson. He drafts uh, Dotson out of TCU. He brings in Vernon yeah. Davis. He re-signs uh, uh, Jason Reed. So, you know, the thing is, we'll see what the running game does to see if it's going to be capable of taking pressure off him or if it's going to be a situation where the pass sets up the run. But either way, this is his time to put up a shut-up. And the way right. that Kirk is, is sounding here on, on, on in, in the area, it seems like that's the pressure he wants. He wants to show that he is capable of playing that well in this one-year deal, even though the Skins are trying to sign him before July. If they can get him before July, fantastic. If not, he is capable. He is willing to go out and show that that he wants to win over this spot and make the be worthy of making the money that a lot of people don't believe that he's capable uh, that well that he's worthy of, of getting, which is going to be at least seventeen, eighteen million plus. There are people out here in the area, fans who of course are insane, are talking about paying this dude twelve million, and if he's not willing to take twelve million. Let him go. I'm like, there's certain guys who played a whole lot worse than him that are making more than, yeah. than twelve million. You're gonna be insane to think that this dude's gonna take twelve million and be like, you know, I only played one season. That's the other thing, and this is gonna be very quick. That I'm I'm getting tired of hearing is the fact that Kirk mm-hmm. played a weaker schedule. A lot of people forget about oh my God, how short sighted. People are, in 2012, the schedule that Kirk had to face in 2012 was about as easy, if not easier, than the schedule that Cousins had to face this entire year. Let's look at... Oh, that was what, in 2012, yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Once they yeah, went 3-3, three and three, they went, as a matter of fact, they went into a bye, 3-5. and five. And let's look at the teams that they had to face after that. They had to face the NFC East at least once again, if not twice for certain teams. Dallas, the Giants, mm-hmm. the Eagles, they were all horrible that year. Now, the one caveat that everyone likes to pull out, and, man, I get tired of it because they don't like it when I say this. The one caveat <laughs> that they like to pull out is the fact that they beat the Super Bowl champion, uh, Baltimore Ravens, that year in overtime of the game that Griffin hurt his knee against – uh, running against Haloni uh, Nada. But the one thing right. that people forget is the fact that it was a home game against Baltimore where that defense, who was not a top-10 defense that year, and do you know why they weren't a top defense that year? Because they played the majority of that season without Terrell Suggs and without Ray Lewis. As a matter of fact, yeah. in that game wow. that they beat Baltimore in overtime, they had to go into overtime to beat Baltimore. They did not have Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis. And let's not be fooled. There is, we all know that that team in 2012, that defense, is a whole lot different when you have Ray and Terrell Suggs, Mr. Barso Hard University himself, on the field and off the field. Mm. We already know that. Mm. So for them to try to pull that card of they beat the world champs, they didn't beat the world chance with the two best defensive players on that squad. Let's that, let's not forget about that. And then they also had to beat the, the Cleveland Browns, the mighty Cleveland Browns. And oh my God, like I said, the Eagles who were world beaters that year too, and the Giants. Oh my God, and the Dallas Cowboys 
who they finished the season off with beating in, in the end of that year. And, and the likes, I think they beat Tampa that year too. So, like I said, those those final uh, 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 eight games, the, oh, sorry, those final seven mm-hmm. games where they went six yeah. and well, but actually the final eight games where they went seven and one, that's what they had to face. And it was basically a cakewalk, if not more of a cakewalk, that then uh, what Kirk Cousins had to face in his last eight great games in, in this past season. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins, but you asked me about next year. You asked me about next year. Yeah. What's that? As I said, Dwayne, that's just breaking, you're just breaking it out. You're on fire, man. You're on fire, brother. Yes. Hey, don't let me stop this flow. I'm sorry because I've, I've had to hear it so much, and I've had to have this argument so much, and, and no one wants to listen to it. They don't like that argument. They just like to pull up the fact, well, Griffin beat playoff teams. Pump your brakes. He only beat the Minnesota Vikings and a toothless Baltimore Ravens. Now, like I said, next year, I'm, I'm, I want to see what Kirk does because, like I said, I like the offense. I'm a little concerned about the run game. And I love the direction that the defense went into. I'm not super big on Josh Norman, but the Junior Gillette signing, him playing opposite opposite of Kerrigan, and then that front three. Of course, you know I like my man Baker, and then that 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 right. secondary with the addition of Norman. Um, D Hall is coming back. Breland is going to be back there. Um, and we're going to see what happens with uh, Sewer Cravens and see how he plays within that mix. I, I want to see how that defense plays. Before a lot of the moves were made and before the, the draft happened, I thought this team was going to be 7-9 seven and, nine, seven and nine, and still capable of fighting for a division. But I think that this team will go 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7, and seven, and they're going to have to battle with the Giants, who improved greatly on offense with Eli Manning to win that division. It's going to be a fight between those two. I don't know. I'm not convinced yet with the Dallas and, and the Dallas Cowboys and whether or not Tony Romo is going to be healthy because contrary to popular belief with Ezekiel Elliott, and I don't want to go into that whole thing, Ezekiel Elliott is not going to be the savior of that offense. It's going to be Tony Romo and whether or not he's capable of being healthy. Healthy Romo, they may win the division. Unhealthy Romo, they have no chance. I don't care who you have back there running the ball. Mm. Breaking it down, my man Dwayne Ash, breaking it down, even in this RG3 Spare Your Washington podcast with hyping up his beloved skins this season. We're going to talk soon about that, brother. Believe that. We're going to talk soon about your skins. I hope so. I'm, I'm getting ready. <laughs> okay. even, though, even though the NBA, the NBA finals are fantastic, I'm loving the, the direction that it's going into. Of course, when football season comes around, I'm waiting for it. And yes, I'm, I'm extremely happy about the uh, the debut of the, the of the undefeated. I want to see what that yeah. does because, of course, they're going to talk about race and culture and sports, and of course, they're going to start talking about a lot of HBCU stuff as well on the website. Yes, they are. Uh, they've, yes, they are. They've been doing yes, they've been doing that even in its beta inception in terms of bringing in stories about HBCUs, and they're going to debut the for, the story of, called Redemption Song, which is about the 1970s Howard soccer team, which won the Division One national title. Yes, Division One national title in really? soccer from in '71, and it had it stripped in '72, only to win it again in '74. Fantastic story. Unfortunately, it's only going to be on the website 
So that means you're going to have to go to the website to see it. And the story is called Redemption Song. It's going to be on Undefeated. It debuts next month in June. Cool. Thanks a lot for the plug, brother. And uh, stay, stay cool, man. Stay cool. You do the same. I had to. Undefeated, uh, I, I'm, I'm liking the direction that they're going into, and I had to plug I it. I love it. I'm loving it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. We're going to keep plugging, too. Take care, bro. All right. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Uh, enjoy that podcast. And please, y'all, please, if y'all haven't had a chance, check out the undefeated ESPN.com. Again, it's hell as quote unquote the Black Grantland, but it's, it's, it's just calling the Black Grantland is not doing it justice. It's really, really, really exciting, really fast. Culture, it's in the sense of culture, race, and sport. Check it out. Even even still, a lot of the non-black folks are there. All my non-black brothers and sisters, check it out as well. Good read, good read. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to the clown out. This is Scott Ferg, sign off. 06. Enjoy LeBron James and company. And I'm out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.